probability that one or more team members may be infected by intruder organism. 75%. If intruder organism reaches civilized areas, entire world population infected 27,000 hours from first contact. Welcome back to the Thing Minute Podcast, where we discuss John Carpenter's 1982 science fiction horror masterpiece, The Thing, one minute at a time. I'm Harper W. Harris from HarperWHarris.com, and joining me again today is... Flake Myers from the Buried Alive Film Festival. Thanks for rounding out the week with us, man. We're, we're wrapping up our last day here. Oh, anything I can do to help talk about one of the coolest movies ever made. <laughs> I, I agree, shockingly. I, I think I agree with you on that one. Um, yeah, of course. <laughs> So uh, today we're talking about minute 80 of the thing, which uh, begins with a uh, close up on Windows face as uh, as we start to hear Mac's explanation of what he's going to do. And then ends a minute later with Windows cutting open Nall's thumb and one of the one of the cringier moments of the movie, I think. So, yeah, so this minute is where we start to set the stage for uh, what is another one of those really iconic sequences of the movie, the whole blood test uh, sequence. And um so here we really this entire scene is basically made up of McCready explaining how he's going to do this test, which uh, really sets the stage for how we understand the thing and, and what's going to happen for the rest of the movie. Yeah, exactly. It's, it builds up their whole like idea of what the thing is and how they can deal with it. Yeah, and it's pretty cool because uh, we've talked a lot about um, how vague the rules are in this movie and that, you know, they explain that the thing like assimilates and imitates people, but you don't really get a great sense of exactly how that happens, which is which is great because it, you know, it adds to kind of the mystery and the suspense. And and also it doesn't, you know, the movie doesn't get bogged down with trying to explain exactly how everything's happening. Like we don't need to understand exactly how everybody, the people who are infected got infected. It's more about the tension that comes from that. Um, You're talking about how they they don't mention all the metachlorians. Exactly. These uh, thing monsters. Exactly. That's a great way to put it. The metachlorians are never revealed. This is about as close as we get here in this scene. It feels more like it's like uh, philosophical about what's going on. And he's like, I don't know what the hell's going on, but we're going to figure it out with this cool little test I got. Yeah. And it's basically, you know, McCready's he's like, you know, half these guys in the crew, although we've lost a lot of them, are actual scientists. But it's the it's the, you know, helicopter pilot uh, who kind of figures it out just based <laughs> on common sense. Right. That he just from watching the thing and seeing how it, how what happens when they attack it and all that kind of stuff. He's able to kind of figure out this plan that's actually pretty smart based on that. And, uh, you know, it's a classic John Car- John Carpenter character trait for the uh the kind of common sense guy to figure out the solution to this complicated problem that the the uh, the smart scientist guys and military guys weren't able to figure out. Yeah, you got all these scientists and you got all these damn military, but it just takes a regular Joe like me to figure it out. <laughs> That's right. Uh, puts the power back in the back in the the dude's hands rather than uh you know these the smart guys, <laughs> which is a, which is classic carpenter thing. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it transports many of the people who are watching your audience, your film that is like geared towards your film 
to make them feel like, yeah, that's me. That's what I do. Right. I mean, it's more identifiable for, identifiable for the audience to be like, yeah, like I could, I could maybe figure that out if I saw this happen. Like I'm, you know, I'm a little bit like this guy. It's not like, you know, it's not like a Star Trek episode or something where they explain it with a bunch of kind of mumbo jumbo. Like it's very kind of common sense, like trucker language almost that he's, you know, you know what I mean? Like it's very down to earth the way, even the way he explains it, just like, you know, uh, when somebody bleeds, like it's just tissue, but you know, if, when this thing bleeds, I think it's, you know, it's a whole part of the whole thing. And, you know, blood from one of these things isn't going to obey when we attack it. And you got me thinking though, I'd love to see McCready on an episode of TNG. <laughs> Trying now, to show data a thing or two. Now that would be really interesting. I think it'd be about <laughs> it'd be about five minutes before he'd have his flamethrower on and some dynamite and holding everybody hostage because he wouldn't be able to uh, wouldn't be able to take a, you know, he doesn't really like the whole chain of command thing. I don't get the feeling. Ah, <laughs> uh, but you know, Beverly Crusher would come in there and give him some medicine. Yeah, all good. <laughs> it'll all work out in the end, I'm sure. Star Trek. And we'd learn a lesson from it. I'll bet. <laughs> <laughs> They'd explain it in a simple, explain a complicated scientific thing in a very simple way. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. It's like it's it's uh, it's taking anything that could be serious scientific kind of stuff about this stuff, and it breaks it down to a simple test that the whole audience, when they're watching this film, can get into this. Oh, okay. And you're setting up the whole one by one. We're gonna see who's human, who's not. Yeah, and you know we've talked about earlier that. Um, uh, there are a lot of scenes early in the movie that John Carpenter added in kind of last minute because he was worried people wouldn't understand what's happening. And th- I think this scene is is pretty much exactly the way it was uh, even in the script. So this uh, it's just a perfectly written, you know, character moment for for McCready to be able to explain this the way he does. And, you know, it's pretty it's a complicated thing when you sit down and think about it. But the way he explains it is very easy to understand and totally sets up the stakes for this really intense, uh, suspenseful scene we're about to get with the whole blood test. So uh, we get a, a, a really nice shot that takes up most of the scene where we kind of pan across everybody who's tied up down on the, uh, on the couch and in the chairs there. And it's one that we've had a sh- similar shots throughout the movie um, in these kind of moments where the stakes are getting higher and people are realizing like something, something big is about to happen. And um, it's just a really nice shot because instead of just focusing on McCready while he's explaining it, instead we get everybody's reactions to what he's saying which is much more valuable. And, and it's a, it's a great cinematic moment to see and to give these guys all each their own little moment to kind of react to what's going on. And it's also a chance for each of us audience members to go, Oh, I know that guy's an alien. Oh, totally. I know that's the dude. That's no, no that guy can't be the guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like we were talking about the whole, like gr- seeing horror movies in a group or with another, with an audience. This would be that moment too, where you're like, where everybody's like, nah, man, it can't be null. It's like, no way. That guy's way too cool to be an alien. <laughs> um, so yeah, it is like, it's like the, um, it's almost like mug shots for a second. Like you get a chance to see everybody in close up and, and make your guesses before we get to, before every, everything's revealed in a few minutes. <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly. It's great like that. And this is part of one of the, uh, you know, it's funny there, you know, of course there's all kinds of conspiracy theories, especially about the end of the movie as to how you can tell if somebody's the thing or not. But uh, this is one of the few that actually totally holds up in that uh, Dean Cundy, the cinematographer, he wanted to do something really, really subtle to kind of hint at whose blood was going to be, going to jump out at, at you and be the thing. 
And uh, in this in this shot that we're talking about where they're moving across the characters, there is one person who they show whose eyes don't have a light in them. Everybody, oh. uh, everybody except for Palmer has a little bit of a light, a, a glimmer in their eye. But Palmer, they were, he was careful to not include that. So Palmer's eyes are darker than everybody else's, which is like super subtle. <laughs> like, wow, it's one of those things that you might like maybe pick up on unconsciously, uh, unconsciously but you know, it's a, uh, it's a, I thought that was a pretty neat little bit of trivia there for him to include that. Yeah, that's great. I'm going to make sure I watch that next. Is that on the scene we just watched in that minute? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, a, when, um, when they're panning it. across. Yeah, so check it out. When they're panning across everybody, we see windows first, and he's got a little gleam. And then we get to Palmer, and his eyes are like, but there's maybe a little bit of a gleam, but not. it's not nearly as like pronounced. And all the other actors have like this nice you know, white spot in the middle of their eyes from the light that was following the camera. But uh, Palmer does not. Um, and it's even, it's, it's, it's more obvious too later on when they've shown other close-ups of the guys. But yeah, this, this is where you kind of start to get that, where he's the only one that doesn't have that glimmer, which is pretty cool. That's great. Yeah. And then uh, as we get towards the end of the minute, we, um, you know, McCready explains what he's going to do. And basically he's saying that uh, he thinks that the blood is going to, not obey whatever that means. Like we don't know exactly what's going to happen, but he's going to touch some blood with a hot needle and see what happens. And, uh, which is uh, a little, a little gruesome and, and definitely mysterious and weird. And, you know, it's, we have no idea what to ex- expect from this test. It's pretty strange. <laughs> and then we end the minute with, uh, with, to me, like, you know, of all the scary, crazy stuff that happens in this movie, we, we talked in other minutes about how people who are afraid of needles and getting shots and stuff, there are a lot of drawing blood shots and stuff like that that kind of freak some people out. These are the mm-hmm. shots that always bother me when I watch the movie of the uh, the scalpel cutting people's thumbs and hands up. And it's like, just, you know, sends a little bit of a shiver down my spine. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of like, dude, why do you got to cut such a big cut? Like, <laughs> yeah, for real. You see a little blood, right? Jesus. Yeah, you know, I always wonder in in all kinds of horror movies and stuff, they always do this every time they need some kind of blood sample or something or or people make a blood pact. It's like, man, come on, you can make like a teeny tiny cut on the tip of somebody's finger, like a like a diabetes test or something. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, But um, seems extreme. That cut, though, you know, I think the effect is done with like A and B blood, if you know how that works. I don't know that much about it. So, yeah, uh, tell me how you think they, they put it together. It's just it's a really simple old Hollywood trick where you put one solution on the skin and you put the other part of the solution on like a prop or a dull knife, you know, something that mm-hmm. is not going to cut anybody. And when you touch the two solutions together, it automatically turns red. But the solutions are clear in each container. Solution A and solution B are clear and you put it on each of the things and it's the contact of these two things coming together. When you look at it close up, you see Nalls' thumb looks like it's wet. Yeah, you're right. And so that's probably the A and B solution on his thumb. Oh, that's really cool. That is not how I was going to guess how they did it. That's really neat. Is that something that they still use today? Oh, yeah. A and B blood is very common in theater and in movies and everywhere. Because it's a really easy effect to pull off, and it's so convincing. 
Yeah, that's really cool. I had I've never heard of that. Surprisingly, that's uh, you know I, I'm a uh, you know I love horror movies and special effects and stuff. I'm surprised that's I've, it's funny. I've heard of the A and B smoke, which they don't use anymore. They used it in this movie, and we we talked about it in an earlier episode how dangerous it was that they you know not too many years after they made this they realized it was like you know pretty harmful to the lungs to breathe that stuff in. So, but uh, yeah, I hadn't heard of the A and B blood effect. That's really neat. Have you and if you look right at the beginning of that of that cut. You'll see there's a drip that drips off of his um, thumb. Oh, you're liquid. right. Yeah, right on the back of his thumb, you can see it kind of fall off. Mm-hmm. Is there, there's no other reason that he's wet. No. <laughs> and the rest of his hand isn't wet. So, yeah, that's that's definitely straight for the effect. You're right. That's really cool. I was um, I was almost going to wonder if it was some kind of like uh, – like a, a, you know, they had put fake blood on his thumb and covered it with liquid latex or something, and they were cutting through something because it's a pretty convincing effect. It looks pretty legit, but yeah, once you notice that his thumb's all wet, and if you know about the A and B thing, then it's that's definitely pretty obviously how they did it. You know, and you keep coming back to we keep thinking about like this movie was made in 1982. Mm. No one even would even think that anyone would even be able to pause the scene and look yeah true and go hey his thumb's wet and I just saw something drip off that like they, that doesn't even come into the thought process people making this <laughs> yeah that's true it's um it's 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 awesome and pretty impressive doubly impressive then that uh you know the monster effects hold up as well as they do because you can totally pause most of those and still you know oh sure not, not be able to see the the you know the strings or the hands in the puppet or anything like that you know it's uh uh, but yeah, this is one that they were probably like, you know, it's a simple effect. And, you know, if any, even, even if they were thinking about a VHS tape, which I don't, they probably were not, um, you know, that was so grainy and, you know, you're probably not going to be able to tell that much from that either. So yeah, it's, uh, it's probably not something they were really keeping in mind, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this, this cut is definitely one of the ones cause it's such a close up and it's such a giant, like you mentioned, it's such a big, unnecessarily long cut. It always kind of makes me squirm a little bit, I think. <laughs> so um yeah i think that's that kind of ends this uh this minute where we're leading right up into another you know awesome sequence the the blood test is is the other part that you know if you're not thinking about the norris defibrillator that when you're thinking about this movie you're probably thinking about the blood test scene and like how insanely that's one of those like edge of your seat scenes for sure so uh this sets it up really nicely and in, in kind of what we got to see here awesome i can't i can't wait to hear who you have on to talk about it. Yeah, I got to find somebody equally as cool, man. It's going to be hard. <laughs> I know. It's going to be like super hard. But <laughs> a lot of fun coming on here and talking about the these great five minutes. Yeah, from, man. You, you de- definitely got some good ones. Yeah, I got lucky. This is awesome. Uh, <laughs> next time you'll have to have Lucas come in here and make him do it when he's not too busy making special effects for a great TV show. Yeah, for sure. I'd love to have him on the show. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to keep bugging him and, and see if we can uh, figure out a time that that works out. So I think he'd have a good time doing it too. So, but yeah, so uh, thank you so much for being on this whole week with us, man. And um, you, you want to uh, kind of give everyone a, another reminder of where they can where they can find you online or where they can find the film festival and you know stuff that you've worked on and all that kind of good stuff. Sure, man. Thanks a lot for letting us uh, come in here and plug the Buried Alive Film Festival. We're every November, the weekend before Thanksgiving, to make sure everyone has some disturbing stories to share with their family and friends <laughs> at Thanksgiving. Um, we are doing our best to find the weirdest and craziest movies and the scariest movies from around the world and show them to Atlanta every year. So come on out to Buried Alive Film Fest and check out what we're doing. 
Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I've said it before. I'll say it again. It's an awesome, awesome film festival. You know, last year I got to see some stuff as as different as uh, you know a movie about like a were frog transformation kind of thing, and you know, <laughs> something. You know, we go from that to then. Uh, uh, I can't that remember. Was it. Bad blood. Yes, bad, bad blood. The movie. Bad blood. The movie was awesome, and then um, I'm trying kind of on the opposite end of that spectrum. I was thinking about. Um, I don't remember the name of it. It was the short with the witch. And uh, that was just like super disturbing and gross and like really intense. Um, oh, I wish that I could remember. Movie, oh, geez, that movie was so disturbing because it was about like some lady who was like claimed to be a witch and thrown in a dungeon, and then she sits there and like barfs all this stuff up and breaks some of her teeth out to create some spell. And oh, it's so gross. Yeah. So uh, the, the kind of shorts and features that you get to see if you kind of buried alive totally range all the way from like totally goofy horror comedy all the way to like super serious, really intense, gross, gross stuff to, uh, you know, all kinds of awesome horror movies there, uh, all kinds of good stuff. So it's definitely worth checking out if you've never been. And, you know, it's, it's a good thing to come to a film festival because like the movie we were just talking about, you're not going to see these films anywhere else ever yeah. again. It's so hard to even find the movies again after we they've gone from our festival and on so come on out and check it out you'll see things you'll never seen before and you'll never see again yeah yeah it's a great way to support the horror scene and you know these people that are making these shorts that you might not get to see otherwise you know if you kind of connect with them and support them you know they they might be uh you know they might be the next john carpenter one day you know these the people who make those shorts go on to make some really amazing features uh when they get the chance so definitely get to support all that it'd be great to see uh, someone who makes a short film at our festival go on to like become a Big time feature filmmaker. You know, John Carpenter made short films before he made features. That's right. Every Almost every director does. So, yeah, definitely cool to support that stuff. And, uh, yeah, and definitely, you know, go out and watch The Walking Dead and support uh, also the, the work that uh, that Blake's doing in the film industry for sure. It's it's some amazing work and, and certainly one of the biggest shows on TV and that is kind of, I think The Walking Dead has changed the way uh, horror is seen in the mainstream. So thank you for, for, for being a part of that for sure. Hey, it's the best thing ever. So love, love Walking Dead. And um, thanks for all the people who love scary stuff and uh, keep getting scared. It's enjoyable. Awesome. So I think we'll uh, we'll wrap it up there. That's a that's a great note to uh, to end this week on. Um, if you like the show and you want to support us, you can go to thethingminute.com slash Amazon. That'll take you to an Amazon homepage and you can shop just like you normally would. But uh, a small percentage of what you pay to Amazon would go to us and no extra cost to you. So that helps uh, support the show and cover hosting fees and all that kind of stuff. And you can, uh, you can also donate directly using the donate button at the bottom of the website if you want to just uh, skip the whole Amazon thing and, and go straight to the source. Uh, every little bit that anybody donates or you know goes through that Amazon link uh, is really, really appreciated and helps uh, helps keep the podcast running. So uh, thank you to everybody who does that. Uh, and I hope everyone has a great weekend. And if you're still not assimilated by The Thing on Monday, please come back for another episode of The Thing Minute. Yay. Thanks, Harper. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please go to thethingminute.com. There you'll find the show notes with links to anything we talked about on this episode and lots of other resources on The Thing. You can also find us on Twitter at The Thing Minute and on Facebook at facebook.com slash The Thing Minute. But most importantly, subscribe, rate, and review us in iTunes so you'll never miss an episode. Check out other podcasts like this at moviesbyminutes.com and be sure to head over to starwarsminute.com to listen to the team that started it all. Thanks for listening, and until next time, this is Harper signing out. Harper signing out.